Hello? Yes, this is the Magic in the Attic podcast. Yeah, of course we take questions. All you have to do is send an email to magicintheatticpodcast at gmail.com. Is that all you needed? Well, yeah, of course. I'd love to tell you what we're talking about this week. This week we're pretty much going all in on sports. So our top five is the top five goats. Then we ask what impact the new name image likeness laws will have on college sports. And what are some of the dumb rules in sports that need to change? You might as well also check out our Twitter and Facebook page by searching Magic in the Attic Podcast. Yeah, of course. Thanks for being a supporter, and we hope you have a great day. The Magic in the Attic is back at it again. You just chill into the rhythm, and then the comes in. Oh, my screen is counts down from six, and then once it hits the zero, we're, we're live. So right now, we're live. I got you. All right. Well, but, um, what were we going to say? I was going to say tonight or today. I don't know when you listen to these podcasts. Also, <laughs> I did want to mention something about this because if you know somebody who you think might be interested in this podcast, the more the merrier. Bring them into the family because we love the questions. We actually haven't gotten a question the last couple of weeks, so that's on you guys. You guys better email us. You know where to email <laughs> it. It's it Magic in the Attic Podcast at gmail.com. And the other thing I wanted to mention is you haven't heard a voice tonight. The voice of JBM. Um, he's not dead like Preacher Paul, but <laughs> he's not with us tonight. And we wanted to keep the momentum going here because we know we took a break, like a month long break. Maybe it was two months. But, you know, we had to get in a routine where we just recorded and got these episodes out every week. He's not able to be here tonight. But he'll be back next week. No big deal. Um, it, it might make for some worser content because we know he's your favorite of the cast, <laughs> of course. But, yeah, um, he's the best. He's the GOAT. He's the right? GOAT. That leads in, right? <laughs> yeah, perfect. Uh, well, welcome to Magic in the Attic. This is going to be uh, maybe the first actual mini because we don't have a ton to talk about. But like uh, Piano Man said, we wanted to keep that momentum going. Um Partly because we've got some vacations and stuff going on. There's also the 4th of July, um, so editing is going to be tough. So we wanted to make sure we at least had an episode out uh, in these two weeks. So here we are. Um, so we had uh, um, some, we've had some listener, listener response. Why do I mumble all the time when I'm recording? I never mumble in real life, but when, when we're recording, I like correct myself all the time. Uh, but we did have one listener top five Man, and he, po- at, it's because podcasting is a lot harder than it seems like it should be. Like you're just talking yeah. with your buddies, but you still know it's recording. So That's you're true. like, Oh, I got to get this right. Yeah. Well, and I try not to say, um, like, and you know, but I end up doing it anyway. Yeah, um, same. there you go. <laughs> so we did have one, we do get a lot of listener top fives, which we really like because those are actually the toughest ones for us to come up with because we try to make them diverse. Um, so I believe, uh, this one came from, uh, listener, from Indianapolis, uh, somebody that JBM brought us to. We'll, we'll give you the credit later. I can't remember his name. Um, but he wanted to know who are the top five GOATs, not just top five best football players or best basketball players, but who do we think are the best at their sport? Um, and so because uh, 
JBM's not here. I wrote a couple extra down, which I wasn't. I promise I wasn't gonna do honorable mentions, but he's not here, so I figured I'd I'd knock. I'd yeah, knock let's out do it. My six. I'll let you do it this time. Okay? I'll let you pass. <laughs> all right, all right. So I'll start, and then uh, Piano Man, you go ahead. So um, I kind of ranked them based on definite. Like, are they definitely the goat of their sport? Right. So my number six is basketball. Um, I've got Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Uh, and the reason for this is for a couple reasons. So JBM, I think, is a man after my own heart. I, I believe he's agreeing with me if he's listening. Um, Kareem dominated in two eras of the game. He, he dominated the 60s, 70s, you know, the physical pre-three-point line, and he dominated in the 80s when the three-point line was coming around, when the game was becoming a little bit more finesse. Um, he was the best player in the 70s. Um, and, I mean, to me, it's not that much of an argument because he couldn't play on his freshman team or on his varsity team at UCLA, and the freshman beat the varsity in practice all the time. He then went 88 and 2 at UCLA, and the NCAA literally changed the rules and said you can't dunk because of him. It wasn't like a rule they were pondering for a long time. They changed it because he was so good at basketball. And what did he do? He invented the most unstoppable shot in basketball, the hook shot, that still no one does, and he shot it at 56% in the paint, which is incredible. I'm- not, I'm always amazed that no other player has been able to do that shot. Like, it was so yeah. unstoppable. You'd think everyone would be practicing it. Like, you see people try it. Nobody can do it. It's crazy. Yeah. And he shot it over 50%. It's crazy. Um, he was also a little bit of a, ahead of his time because he could hit the jumper. He was a good free throw shooter. Um, and he ended his career with the most all-time league MVPs, um, The tied for the second most uh, championships by a starter next to, I think, Scottie Pippen and um, Michael Jordan for the Bulls with six. He won at two different uh, franchises in Milwaukee and L.A. And people say, well, he had magic. I mean, he won league MVP in 1980 He with magic. He won uh, finals MVP in 1982 and 85. So, or 1985, sorry. Um so that's might be the one thing he doesn't have is the finals MVPs, but he finished his career most all-time points and averaged 24 points, 11 rebounds, and four assists a game. And he was all defensive team 10 times. So, I mean... But I mean, he's, he still dude, leads the NBA in points, right? Yes, currently. So, LeBron will probably pass him, I think. Gotcha. But... Um, I, but he did it in basically 19 seasons, and LeBron is going to need, I think, like 21 um, to do it. Um, so, or maybe 20, I don't know. Maybe Trey Young will but do that's, it in 17 years. I'm just kidding. Yeah, maybe. So I know that's a little bit long-winded, but that's why Kareem is the GOAT for me because the guy just dominated constantly, and he just – if all you care about is championships, it's someone else. If all you care about is praise and – a appraisal it's someone else but if you just care about if you take everything together like everything that's great about a player and put it in a box that's cream so i'm done all right number five is tiger woods um he, i know he has less majors than nicholas but he is the only player in the masters era to win all four majors consecutively 
He has 15, which is the second most, and he has the most wins all time. Um, and he changed the game. I mean, he truly changed the game. I mean, Jack Nichols, Nicholas was amazing. I'm not taking away from him. But he was just the best of all those guys. Tiger is global. He's international. He made golf fun, right? So I know he doesn't have the most majors, but he's got everything else. And if he didn't get hurt and have all that legal trouble, I can't imagine he doesn't at least tie. So, but he's number four because you can argue, but for me, he's my goat. All right. Uh, our number, uh, number five. Um, my number four is, um, is this might be a little controversial as well. Uh, I actually wanted to find out. We talked a little bit about Ronaldo being the greatest soccer player. So I looked up who the greatest soccer player is. And most people say it's this Diego Maradona. And I'm like, why? Well, the hand of he was a striker. Yeah. Apparently he's you the greatest dribbler of all time. But he, what? The hand of God? No. In the World Cup. Uh, oh, yeah. World his Cup. shot. I could like, be wrong. Where, where he, yeah, yeah. It was he, the World Cup. like he headed it, but he uh, hit it with his hand. The mm, hand of God yeah. is what they call it. He, he handballed it, but That's they didn't crazy. see it. He, he uh, That's crazy. Well, did it so smoothly that you couldn't <laughs> tell he hit it with his hand. I need it's to look good. that up. But apparently he has the greatest shot in the history of the World Cup and the second greatest shot in the history of the World Cup. But the reason why I put him is uh, I looked up his stats. He scored on more than 50% of his attempts at goal, which is more than everyone by a lot. Um, he won in five different leagues, one of which he decided to play for his hometown team in Napoli, which was a project team. And in less than five years, they won a championship which, and he's credited as being like the one soccer player that won the world cup all by himself. Like he was the only good player on his team and they still won. Um, so played for Uruguay or uh, Argentina, Argentina. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I put him. I mean, he's still alive today. Like, no, he like died. My dad. Uh, oh, yeah. He died recently, in 2020. Right? Really oh, okay, recently. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're right. Yeah, yeah. Um. So like, my dad watched him. He's not like totally, you know, an old player. He's not like Pele. He played he's, in the 80s he's after Pele, but he's after Pele, mm-hmm. right? So yeah, he won. He's uh, like his World Cup was in '86. Our, our older audience probably has definitely yeah. heard of him. Maybe watched him. So. Yeah, yeah, he uh, he played in the eighties, um, late seventies, eighties. Um, but yeah, I just I don't know. In all these lists, I saw him as number one, but people don't ever talk about this guy. Um, and so my yeah, my next is um, Wayne Gretzky. Uh, I think my next three are just undisputed. Wayne Gretzky is the most goals ever, the most assists ever. And no one is ever going to pass him. He's that far ahead. And he I don't know if he has the most championships won, but he's if he doesn't, he's close. So he not only scored, but he won big and at two different franchises. Um, I mean, Gretzky, you could say, is like the number one GOAT, goat ever. Um, my number two is Serena Williams. Um, she's not the GOAT at tennis entirely, but women's tennis, is it even a question? Like, she's the best. Ever, she's got more wins, more I guess whatever they call major win or grand slams. I think by double the next woman. So she's just and again, she's also cried on the court more than any other player. (laughs) 
But I also give props to people who transcend the game too. Like Tiger Woods transcended golf more than Jack Nicholas. I think Serena Williams brought light to women's sports in a way that a lot of other uh, women um, athletes have not. And then my number one, and you and you'll disagree with this, but my number one is Tom Brady because he's won seven Super Bowls, and in my opinion, this. In American sports, the Super Bowl is the hardest to win, um, and he's won it at two different franchises. So the debate on was it was he a system guy with Belichick or is he just the best is over. Um, and he's going to finish his career number one in all stats. I mean, he just will. And um, he's got three league MVPs, um, and he's got seven championships, and who knows if he's done. Um, and like I said, I think it's the hardest of American sports to win because you have one shot and he's done it seven times and he's been in the Super Bowl half his career. So, I mean, that's just insane. So I know that was probably longer than it should have been, but that's my list. No, that's all good. Um, <laughs> I think this is the first time in the history of Magic in the Attic podcast we're going to have two 100% different top fives. I'm I'm 100% in. different. All right. <laughs> and and I want to apologize to our our listener who sent in this question because probably the only person's opinion who you wanted to hear on this is JB. He's not here maybe for we'll, you to hear his opinion. Maybe we'll let but, him maybe we can edit his in at some point. Yeah, there you go. But um my number 5 was actually thanks to the listener who submitted this question brought this guy up. So I had to look him up. His name is Giannis. Ever heard of him? Giannis? Not that Giannis, no. This is the <laughs> ultra marathon runner Giannis Kouros. I believe he's a Greek athlete. He won 24 medals in the ultra marathon, and he just like kind of set a record at every level of ultra marathon running. Dude was just an insane long distance runner, and I mean, 24 medals is pretty ridiculous, and that's over the span of like I think 12 years, something crazy. He he did it for a long time, but I don't know that much wow. about him. So sorry. I just, you know, found out about this guy. Is that more impressive My- than like Michael Phelps 18 gold medals at the Olympics at the Olympics though? I mean, this guy, I, I think so. I mean, okay. I personally, he did it over a longer time frame. I mean, I guess Phelps did it over 12 years. Right. So I guess it's a similar time yeah. frame. Both were very dominant in their sports. So I'm not going to take any way, thing away from Phelps there. I'm going to move on to right. my number four, which is another Olympic athlete. And it's one that Piano Woman gave me the suggestion. And I was like, <laughs> you know what? This is actually a good one. Simone Biles. And I know it seems like every year there's a new yeah. great um, Olympian in some sport. But Simone Biles um, has won 19 gold medals in gymnastics. The next closest was only nine. So she has more than double oh. the next closest. Wow. Like, that's... Insane dominance, and even to like recently, and she's, she's only done two things. Olympics, right? Right. And most, I think, it's because wow. most gymnasts are only dominant in one Olympics, but she's able to sustain right. this greatness over two Olympics, and she's even apparently done something recently that nobody's been able to accomplish. So she might be able to do it a third. So she'll, we'll see. Pretty great. Wow. My number three is a baseball player. And it's Babe Ruth. And the reason I have him on the list is because he was great as a two-way player. And this is going to kind of come up in my 
Um, and another one I got here. But <laughs> Babe Ruth, he was great as a pitcher, great as a batter. He had the most home runs when he retired, seven-time World Series champ, and his pitching ERA was just over two. Like, the dude was a dominant pitcher and a dominant batter. Like, that's – I love it. Which I, won't ever can, happen again. Right. Well, Otani's – I mean, he was never going to get that that level, but it's pretty impressive what Otani's doing right now, and I just – it's so impressive because it takes so much work and skill to be good as a pitcher and to be good as a hitter. So to do both, I love it. I think it's just, it proves that you're better than everyone else. I don't know. Um, my number two is Usain Bolt and he's very similar to me to Tiger Woods, like the level of dominance that he showed over the competition. They make it look easy because they're so much Mm -hmm. better. Um, he holds world records in the 100, 200, and the four by 100 meters. He has 11 golds, but just the way he dominates, I, it's incredible. Like you're taking the best athletes, the best runners that there are, and he makes them look like they're garbage. Like there's no way they could beat him. That's Tiger. Woods. Well, there's one other thing. One other thing about Usain that's crazy is um, there's a list of the the top 25 all time. I think it's uh, two 100s maybe. Um, and it was like, and now it's the, uh, who the top 25, um, of the people who didn't take PEDs and Usain is the top seven, like it, I mean, so not only is he great, but he also didn't cheat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I know this was a little, um, Olympics heavy. My list was, but this last guy, I think he's the the best basketball player of all time, but there's another reason I have him on my list here. His name's <laughs> Bill Russell. Uh, and I know whenever you look up the greatest of all time list, he just doesn't show up. Even if you look up basketball, like he just doesn't show up. And I'm, I'm always shocked because he won. He went to a school called San Francisco, which has never done anything in its career after or before he shows up there, wins the NIT and NCAA championships. Both years he was there. Um, then he goes on to the NBA, wins 11 rings, I sent a video of him j- jumping over a dude, lay- like yeah. laying it up. Like I'm like, man, I wish there were just more highlights of this guy. You should put you um, should put that on the Facebook page so people can see it. Cause yeah, it's, yeah, it's really amazing. Should. Be like, hey, this is Piano Man's favorite or the goat of all time in basketball. Agree or disagree? That'll get us some discussion going. Um, there you go. But, Let's do it. But um, not only this, in 1956, his when he graduated from college or not graduated, but when he left college. He was ranked as the second best high jumper in the United States. He was an Olympic athlete, Olympic level athlete, seventh in the world for high jump. So he's a, well, he didn't even train for that. The dude, I mean, I guess basketball is kind of training you for the high jump, but, um, dude was an insane athlete and an insane he changed the way basketball was played on the defensive end of the court. He would block shots as passes. He wouldn't ever block it out of bounds because that's that would be giving the team back the ball. He was too smart for that. The dude was insanely good and a true champion. Level of dominance that will never be matched. So that's my top five. It's yeah. a little weird with I no, mean, no third person to pass it to. but <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I respect Russell. Um, more than most people as well. Um, 
I do also understand the arguments against him, though, uh, which is why I put Kareem ahead of him, just because I just I don't know how you can argue it outside of the fact that he doesn't have the uh, um, uh, the finals MVPs. But no, I mean I see your point on Russell. I really do. It just the, the criticisms against him. I think only playing twenty four yeah. teams and all that. I and mean. I- I, I do. I I totally understand. Like, if he's not the greatest to you, that's that's totally fine. Yeah. Um, but the the thing that's crazy is he's obviously he was very tall, right? Right. And if you don't think that being an elite high jumper and being tall would translate to yeah. any era being dominant, I don't know what in the world you're thinking of, talking about. Like, yeah, that's and, gonna translate well, and no matter what. The number one thing that Russell has. Um, that should always keep him at least in people's top five or top six is the fact that he dominated Wilt. And people put Wilt over him, and I do not understand that at all. He dominated Wilt Chamberlain, and he was only 6'9", and Wilt was 7'1". So, I mean, I, I... I will agree with you there. I have no idea why people put Wilt above Bill. Wilt couldn't beat him. I mean, Wilt's right. championships came when he didn't have to play Bill. Um, so, at, at I guess... At one time, I was one of those people because yeah. I would put Manning over Brady, but I learned how stupid that philosophy was. And so, there you go. long gone. There you go. <laughs> now, the only people that do that are uh, delusional Colts fans. <laughs> Sorry, Colts fans. Whoops. <laughs> um, so... Uh, I had a question. I, I really wanted JBM to uh, maybe answer this, so maybe I'll bring it back around to him in a different way later because I know sometimes we touch on different topics as they update in the world. But um, So name in, image likeness is, is about to be a thing in, the, uh, in NCAA. Um, it just actually got passed in six states. So especially in California, California's law says a university cannot stop a, an athlete from making money off their own image or likeness. It's, it's actually against the law. And so the NCAA has to decide, do we just say, okay, this is okay for these six schools? And if it's okay for the six schools, they're going to have to make it okay for all of them, or six states. Um, they're going to have to make it okay for all of them or – they're going to have to look at those six states and say, you can't participate in the NCAA. And guess which one of those, state, one of those states are? Because California is like, whatever. But Alabama is one of those states. And you better believe the NCAA is not going to let Alabama not participate. If that, you know what I'm saying? So, it, so what, in your opinion, is the good and potentially the bad of allowing this name image likeness? Because I have a really strong well, opinion on it. I want to get some more clarification here. Do you know a little more like on the rule? What does that exactly mean? Does that just mean you can participate in advertisements? Um, does yep. that mean you can sell your Jersey? Um, what mm-hmm. exactly? All of the above. So it, yep. All of the above. So especially in California's law, and I'm not necessarily sure about Alabama's, but I think they're really close. California, there's no cap. So there's no limit on how much money you can make. So, Anything that has to do with your name or you as a player making money, they can't stop you. So if you want to set up a booth outside a restaurant and say, I'm signing autographs and I'm charging $25 an autograph, or if you're one of the really big players, like if you're the quarterback for Alabama um, and you want to say $50 per, you can do that and they can't stop you. Um, They've also, uh, they also like jerseys. You, 
um, so jerseys would not be one of them because that would have to be licensed by the school. So the school itself would have to put your name on the back of the jersey. So that wouldn't count, right? But if you wanted to, again, sign autographs, if, if uh, I don't know, you know, Bob Jones but, well, that, uh, that Automotive that wants you to do a commercial. But if the school, if you agreed with the school to allow them to sell your jersey with your name, that would be allowed, right? Yeah. It, yeah, I mean, it, I don't. I don't know what the rule is on that, but yeah, if you give them an okay, yeah. it's also going to allow for the uh, video game to be made and all that other stuff. But I mean, yeah, so that's it. So, but the base of the rule, if that's their question, the base of the rule is you yourself can accept shoe endor- endorsements, commercials, autographs, anything that you permit that has your name on it, you can make money off of and school's not allowed to stop you. All right, so I'll start with the good because I think this is a good rule in definitely some respects. The good is it allows players who um, can potentially get injured at some point in their career and never make money again the opportunity to make money while they are a thing and while they are hot, you know? Like, um, (laughs) that's great. Like, we should be – we're supposed to be proud of entrepreneurs, and this is like – college kids having to be an entrepreneur and make money while there's an opportunity. I think that's great. Um, it also benefits, um, uh, the school, I would think in some way, because you are able to bring on people who, um, maybe in high school have a big following or something and you bring them in because now they're going to be a revenue generator and other recruits are going to look and say, Hey, look, my school, made this much money for this kid like why don't you come play for my school and Mm -hmm. so you know you might be able to recruit on a bigger level if you're in that kind of situation now obviously there is an uglier side to this as well and that is that only some of the athletes are going to be making money and only some of the schools are going to be it could make it where it's almost like a class of school where you know you go to an SEC school, you make money. And if you go to, you know, some Mountain West school, you're not going to make anything. So every single athlete is just going to go play where they can make money. I mean, it's going to, the divide is going to get even worse. That kind of already happens anyway, but the divide mm-hmm. might get worse there. Um, especially, but schools like Oregon, where you have Nike headquarters, where the founder of Nike went to school, is an alumni of Oregon. I could imagine them paying tons to bring in kids to make that school an incredible powerhouse if they so chose. Like, that's the bad of it. Like, it's, it just becomes a money game. Um, but it's it's really interesting. I do think, you know, we should celebrate the fact that people can make money. Um, and I think they should be allowed to make money. But there's, obvi- you know, capitalism, there's pitfalls and up swings to <laughs> capitalism and that's how it works yeah i always found it funny and I've, I've been huge on um college athletes making money for over a decade i've never understood any of the arguments um i also find it oh, funny oh, that hold up, uh, hold up. W- one more thing the very good part of this okay. is that we're gonna get ncaa football back let's that's go a very good positive that's a positive yeah Big positive. No, I agree. Uh, I also find it funny that uh, if you look at the people who care about sports the most, it's you know a lot of southeastern, so mostly conservative people. Yet for some reason, they hate capitalism in sports. I don't get that. Um, but uh, a couple things that you said. The, the first thing is in terms of you know 
you said uh, schools saying come make money. I, that's one of the scares of these other um, 44 states is they're like, well, what do we do? Uh, Alabama is going to say we can, you know, uh, you come to play for Alabama, you'll get, you know, again, they can't, t- again, they still can't say we're going to pay you $10,000 to be our quarterback, but they can say, hey, if you come to Alabama and you're the quarterback, you're going to get a commercial and you're going to get a shoe deal and you're going to get this, 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 and this, right? Um, and they can probably play by metrics like this is how much we believe you'll make in a year. And But if you're, um, if you're South Carolina and you can't do that, you know, it's, it's harder to recruit. Um, so I think all the states will eventually have it, but for now that is a scare. But man, once all the states have it, at the end of the day, all the best players are going to Alabama anyway. They're all going to Georgia. They're all going to Florida. They're all going to USC. You know what I mean? So yeah, you might, what it might do is it might make it to where you do create the division where the power five schools just don't play the little schools anymore because they do have to create a league. So that I guess could be a negative to some of that because it's like, Hey, we're schools where unless you're Patrick Mahomes, which I know he played for Texas tech, but like, unless you're that guy or um, Zach Wilson for BYU, so the Mount West, unless you're Zach Wilson, you probably won't make money playing for BYU. You know what I mean? So that, but that's right. still going to be the case. I mean, Zach Wilson's probably making a ton of money doing uh, autograph tours right now. He just has to wait till he graduates or declares. You know, um, uh, so that's going to be true regardless. Um, but I think it'll weigh out. I do think it'll weigh out at first when there's no statistics and there's no metrics at all. It'll really heavily favor the bigger schools, but I I really do think at at a certain point in time these kids still want to go play. Like, all right, I can go be third string at Alabama and maybe get an endorsement, or I can go play. You know what I mean? At some point, it does come down to that. Um, uh, I, I don't really I see a, a big negative. People, go ahead. Well, I was gonna say uh, one of the weird parts of this is. Football, especially, is predicated on your offensive line when you're playing offense. Yeah. Like, it doesn't really exactly matter how great your quarterback is or running back or wide receivers. If your offensive line is trash, you will probably be trash as a team. Now, how many offensive linemen do you ever see endorse anything? None. I've I've never seen one. So you're telling me these guys who are the, like, meat of the team – well, hey, in Kentucky, NFL, we've been in, calling in the, them the big blue, blue, big blue wall. <laughs> Kentucky does have a good offensive line, though, and they've been good because yeah. of it. Um, yeah. Um, but but you, you, do you kind of see my point here? Is is in yeah. the NFL, these guys are rewarded with big contracts. Like your best offensive linemen get good money. In NCAA, though, what do they get? They're not going to get a single thing. They're, nobody's going to be paying for their likeness. Nobody's going to do like, it together. Want to be like this offensive lineman. Yeah, maybe. Um, yeah. but you're st- probably not going to make much money doing it together. Um, I, I just, but see, that's this is a honestly really weird where part I, of the game, but that's honestly might be where it could, uh, again, like we talked about even out, right? Because at Kentucky, like Drake Jackson was one of the people that people like that people really knew about because, we didn't have an all-star uh, quarterback, you know what I mean, or a great wide receiver. Like we had Benny Snell for a couple years, but what big, big fans of Kentucky knew, you know, the 
big blue wall, right? So maybe if you're Mark Stoops, you can say, hey, don't go to Alabama because if you come to Kentucky, people care about the line. They're not, it's not all just about Tua, you know? Um, so that could be how it weighs out. Maybe. Cool. Um, yeah, maybe. I, I, I just, I, my last thing about it is I think it's going to save college basketball. I think it's going to save college basketball because right now with all the G League stuff, think about if you go to Duke or Kentucky or North Carolina, you'll make more money. You will. You get paid thirty thousand dollars to go to the G League. But if you're Anthony Davis, like uh, on a popular sports radio show in Kentucky, they talked about how Anthony Davis cleared like almost five hundred grand on auto- autograph tour during whenever he declared. So if you're Anthony Davis, if you're a high profile guy. Like right now, a lot of those guys are going to the G League. You will not. You will still go to college. And some of these other dudes that are teetering on the line, like, should I go? And they go because of money, but they're maybe a sophomore and they're not ready. Yeah. Maybe because you put, they're sticking around because they're at Kansas and, all right, I need one more year, but mama needs money, right? You know, dad needs a house. I feel this. You see what I'm saying? And and, and it does make so much sense for basketball because. Less players on a team in general means you're going to have more opportunities for this. And not everybody can go to the same school and play and make money. So you're going to go somewhere else where mm-hmm. you can be the face of the team. Like it, I, I like this. I like your idea. For football, I don't see it working quite this well. Football I feel like could it's be tough. Create division is going to create a yep. huge like you know division. But in basketball, I like the idea. I like it. Yeah, I, I just I really think. I mean, I've always felt that. You know, the problem with football and not making money is it's basically a free feeder system. Where in basketball, for a long time, you could come out of high school and then there was just a one and done rule. So they're stuck in college for a year. But in football, I mean, you guys got, you got, you have guys like Jamar Chase who should have never been in college for more than three years. You know what I mean? And they can't. It's like a feeder system. So I do think you're going to find more negatives in football with some of the things. And maybe in terms of money, you'll still find that in basketball. But I, I just I think it's going to save the sport because because again, even if you're Charles Bassey, you say, well, why would you go to Western? Well, he's such a big deal in Bowling Green. You think that guy's not going to make money? You know what I mean? He he totally yeah. would because he's the only thing our school has had in you know since Courtney Lee. You know, so um, I I I think in terms of basketball. We, we will finally see people caring about it again. And all these players who leave early that shouldn't, I think they'll stay because they can make money. So, all right, um, let's move on. Uh, ask away. I don't really understand your question all that right. much. <laughs> well, the, the question here isn't really a question, but it's more of a rant, okay? <laughs> <laughs> okay, That's yeah, cool. go. Go um, ahead. It's – Basically, what kind of dumb rules exist in sports that shouldn't be there? And this happened because in recent games, especially NBA playoff games, you've seen all these kind of um, reviews at the end of games whenever a close play happens. And by the rule of the law, it says, like, whoever's the last to touch a ball is who it's out of bounds on. Like, if you touch the ball last, it's out of bounds on you. The other team gets the ball. But what you've seen is somebody, say, steals the ball, and when you steal the ball, actually the last person to touch it is you. Like, like say, you're dribbling it and someone steals it from you. Right. Technically, you're likely but it to goes be off the your last pinky. one to actually – Yeah, you're technically the last one to touch the ball probably because you're still trying to dribble the ball and somebody's hitting it into your hand and they steal it away. Never right. would be called that way 
during live action ever. Right. But when you review it in slow mo, it's off your pinky. It's now the other team's ball. I, this is not so you think, really with the intent of the law. Like, are you when someone are you the saying ball, we should have? Are you saying we should have like common sense laws in in yeah. in sports? Kind of like okay. So in the third quarter. You know, and it, it, I th- the reason why this came up is this happened in a, a game recently, Patrick Beverly and Devin Booker, right? And then they gave right. it to the Clippers, even though Patrick Beverly was literally the reason the ball went out of bounds, but it just right. brushed off of Booker's pinky on the way out. Um, right. And you're right. In the third quarter, they don't review it and they go, oh, Patrick Beverly, he's the one that tapped it out, son's ball. Exactly. So should there be common sense? rules like if you are the reason the ball goes out of bounds and in the third quarter or second quarter or first quarter this is the way it's called it should be called that even on the review or just say it's not reviewable you know what i mean like so maybe it's reviewable if it's off a rebound or something and it goes off the knee but it's not reviewable or that would be tough to determine but i can see what you're saying like common the problem with the problem with a common sense rule is it's subjective. Yeah. Because there's no clear line of, oh, at what point is it a common sense rule? Like, it would have gone off this guy. Anyway, like, it's subjective. But the you NBA can make that to rule. Subjective. Yeah, the NBA doesn't want subjective rules, though. Like, they want the But rules you to could be make so, that to rule. You could say it's not about who touched it last, it's who made it go out of bounds. Right. right. Yeah, you could. I guess, yes, you could. Um, but I'm sure there would be some situation where that would just make some ridic- some ridiculous call. I, I don't know the exact situation, but I'm sure at some right. point people would be like, this is ridiculous. We need to change the rule. Um, right. I was almost thinking where you shouldn't be allowed to review those kind of things um, and um, only make reviews possible where it's very clear. Like you stepped out of bounds, then that's on a line. That's not subjective. You shot a two-pointer instead of a three-pointer. That's very clear. Um, say like the restricted zone for taking a charge. That's clear. Like only review incidents that are clear. Um, I don't know because if if an official really misses a call where it clearly goes off somebody, I feel like that should probably be reviewed too. But right. you know, then it's it tough. becomes subjective again. But so, I mean, you could almost say if it's below the waist, right? Or something like that. Because if it goes off your foot, you're the reason it went out of bounds. But off your hand, you know what I mean? I see what yeah, you're yeah, saying. Uh, I'm trying to I'm trying to think of other rules. Well, so we just saw this in the NFL, actually. So they um, the whole thing with you can review pass interference and they got rid of it because it just right. never worked. And it was making games go longer because they were actually reviewing that. Um, so I don't see... I don't see anything wrong with giving it a try because I like that. The NFL tried it. It didn't work, so they backed off the rule because that would have been real dumb if they made that a permanent rule forever over mm-hmm. a single incident, basically. you know, I mean, they changed that rule because of what happened in the Rams-Saints game. And then right. statistics happened, right? <laughs> it just – that doesn't happen as often as people say that as fans – because think about it. There's so many things that fans complain about. I mean, you've been to a game, right? People are like, oh, that's not a foul. But it totally was. Yeah. Just because it wasn't your team. Yeah. Yeah. But that's still different. Uh, but yeah. Um, To me, I think 
I, I think one of the dumb rules in basketball, too, is the um, offensive goaltending rule. I think you should totally be able to grab the ball above the cylinder. I don't know why. Like you, FIBA you rules? Can't. Olympic rules? Right, FIBA. Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense because think about it. If somebody shoots a three and it pops up real high, it's possible it's going to go in. So if you grab the ball and dunk it, you're taking a point away from your team. But you might not know that. You might not. Be, I'm not going to let this happen. I'm just going to dunk this ball. You know what I mean? So but then that's, you can just swat it away, dis- too. Or you swat it away. Yeah, it's 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 your decision at that point. I I, I like the no offensive goal offensive goaltending rule because in my mind it's the offense that is up to putting the ball in the basket and the defense is just trying to keep uh, it from not. Okay. I, I do like the gotcha. defensive goaltending. I, I I don't I don't like the idea of defenses being able to swat the ball away. You know, but well, after it hits the it rim once. No, after it hits where, the rim once, you can. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because and even in FIBA, if you swat the ball away before it hits the rim or when it's a, you know, right, like goal-tending. that's still goaltending. But after it hits the rim once, yeah. So I think that's a dumb. Yeah, I wanted to continue on this topic and take it a totally different direction because we had it ambiguous on here. And there's been a rule change that happened today in soccer. And I was Ooh, like, wow, right. this is actually interesting. So I don't know if you know the rules for, like, uh, say, Champions League. Have you ever watched, like, a Champions League match? It's typically two Probably. games, a home a home game and an away game. And they take the total okay. score, right, between the two games. And if you're tied at the end of the game of both rounds, then it's going to go to extra time unless one team had more road goals than the other team. So, like, say I scored... Um, say the first game was two to one. I don't, I don't know. Say you ended up with more road goals than the other team and it's tied mm-hmm. and you, you win the game, you win the match. They got rid of that rule today and said, you know, if you're tied, you just go to extra time and then penalty kicks. So, yeah. um, I, it makes sense to me. I always thought the road goal thing was kind of weird, kind of cool though, like unique, but didn't really make a lot of sense. And they finally got rid of it today because they said they didn't think home teams were being as aggressive because they were scared of letting up goals at home, especially in the first game. Um, you're just like, you play more cautious. So they wanted the game to be more open, more fluid. Um, well, I that, don't know. What do you think the, about that? I know you just heard it. No, yeah. I think uh, that, that definitely the American mindset is always more offense, even though I don't necessarily agree with that. I kind of hate the way the NBA's offense is played now. <laughs> but um no, I, I I agree with you. It's a unique rule, so it's kind of fun to debate. But, dude, that's so unfair because you just don't – you know what I mean? Especially in a, uh, a game like that where you play a ton of games and there's a lot of leagues and there's a ton of – there's a lot of stake. There's so much stake on the line with that. So – and I, I guess I could understand it more even if they played a series, right? If it was like four games over the course of a season, maybe you say, oh, mo- more road – you know, because you had to do this over the course of a whole season. But if it's back-to-back games, I, I agree with the change. Because it's just not fair. What if you have an off game while you're at home? You know what I mean? And like you said, if you pay for a ticket, and especially with these rabid football fans, you know, soccer, uh, like with these rabid Premier – you said Premier League? Is that what it is? It's, it's the Champions League, so it's the best of right, each but, league. Like Bundesliga, but that's the, one, that's the one that has the crazy fans that dress up and like – they're insane, right? These people yeah. are well, insane. Well, most of the European and leagues they, have that, but yeah. Well, well, right, but they're like really crazy. So, yeah, I mean, wouldn't you want your team to be more aggressive than like 
coming watching your team just stall. That would be dumb. So yeah, I like it. They said they, they did it mostly because they didn't see an advantage as much today as when they instated the rule in home field advantage. So they thought, you know, terms are, are becoming more equal. So there's really no benefit of this rule. Yeah. I don't know. I like it. I don't know soccer that well, so but so it makes sense to me, like logically, I guess. Um, yeah. Obviously, it makes sense to them too. <laughs> yeah, I can't really think of a whole lot of others that I feel like get called a lot. I mean, the block charge in college basketball has to change. That's terrible. Um, it's like, what is it? Is a blocker's a charge? And then in uh, football, like what a catch was. 10 seasons ago wasn't what a catch was five years ago. It probably isn't what a catch will be next year. The, 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 the whole constant changing of what is a catch is so dumb. Like if the guy has the ball in his hands, he caught it. I mean, come on. Yeah. It's pretty rare though that the thing is whenever one of those catch rules happens, there's always going to be one game where it happens and decides a game, but those rules really don't ha- like have that much of an impact on the game very often. Yeah, I guess that's true. But I, I definitely think the out of bounds call, if you push the ball it, it, it if you push the ball out of bounds, you pushed it out. Now I'm glad the NFL got rid of the they got rid of the force out rule where, you know, if the receiver caught it and they push you out of bounds, it's to touchdown. Like that was so dumb cuz offenses would play to that all the time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, just catch it in there, I'm glad like, they got rid of that. Ah. Yeah, yeah. And they just like, oh, I got pushed out. It was so stupid. Because, again, even then you couldn't tell, all right, what is and, and what is not. Um, yeah. I, I do like the idea of maybe um, baseball putting a timer on pitches. I, I think they do I, that. I like that. They do, do that. They? Do, do they have a pitch timer now? Yeah. They, do. they didn't for a There's long a time. Clock. It doesn't oh, affect sweet. the game. They made it way or too may- long of a pitch clock, but it's there. Maybe maybe that was it. They need to shorten it, kind of like they've done with like the shot clock in the NBA. So, Well, um, I, had, I had another question, but I liked this. You know, I asked one, you asked one. We had a good top five. Um, do you have anything else you want to you, that, that you're dying to say before we log off for a couple of days? I enjoyed it. We, we missed JBM just as much as you guys did, um, but we wish you all a – Happy 4th of July in a few days if you're listening to this. Um, and um, please send us one of those questions to magicintheatticpodcast at gmail.com and head over to our Twitter or Facebook page and, and search Magic in the Attic Podcast. There aren't too many other podcasts named that, so you shouldn't have a tough time finding us. Anything else? Nope. Nope. I'm just saying ask, ask any question. It can be about religion, sports, what we will discuss anything. If you ask it, we will discuss it. All right. Thank you. Peace. The magic in the attic is back at it again. You just chill into the rhythm and then the comes in. Right back and just have a good time Listen to the music and let your feelings fly Grab one of your friends and just sing and dance Sing and dance
dance till the night ends in sweet romance. Cause all that I'm trying to do is have a good, good time. All that I'm trying to do is have a good, good time. Stop now, we're doing this all night long Cause I just want to laugh it all away Cause I get this feeling that it is going to stay Cause all that I'm trying to do is have a good, good time all that I'm trying to do is have a good, good time It's a beautiful day outside, so come play Soak up the sun and think about the things of the day about you all that I can running in circles around and around in my head all that I'm trying to do is have a good good time all that I'm trying to do is have a good good time all that I'm trying to do is have a good, good time. All that I'm trying to do is have a good, good time.